this man's been now missing to nine, has been missing nine long months, and a PEI mom is pleading for help from Torontonians because she believes her son Andrew has walked here to Toronto and is living on our streets. And the story of Andrew, and this is a story that is uh, impacting thousands of families across this country. I mean, more than that. I mean, th there's very few families that are, are not being impacted by mental health issues right now. But Andrew was once a bank manager, uh, a fully functioning, working bank manager, and now he's been missing nine months. He was, you know, he told his family he was moving to Halifax, but the next time that they had heard from their son, they would learn that he had had some mental health issues and taken a turn for the worse and that he was homeless in Ontario. And I guess the way they've been tracking him is that strangers have been posting sightings of Andrew, which has helped his family track the movements. But as they explain, you know, his paranoia keeps him out of food banks and shelters. So what he does is he walks all day. All day, the long walk from the East Coast to Ontario. And with medication, I think he can lead a pretty normal life, but he does refuse help. And so his family's been working with their local MP to try and make changes to the Mental Health Care Act so that they and other families can get their kids help, even if they refuse it, which would allow police to pick them up. But it's much more challenging than that. Let me bring in Mar Marlene Bryanton, is mother of Andrew, who's now been missing for nine months. Marlene, I very much appreciate you joining us. Sad that it is under such circumstances. Thank you very much for this uh, invitation. Yeah, and um, I understand, and, and we'll go through some of the, the issues facing uh, Andrew, but I mean, he was apparently, since you've been speaking out, seen in Toronto at around 9 a.m. this morning at uh, Rogers and Weston. So people are paying attention to his journey, which I think he speaks for a lot of people who are on this journey and families that are trying to deal with what is, I think, seemingly an impossible journey. But Take me back to Andrew and what it was that you realized, your family realized that he was in crisis and, uh, and you were losing him. This actually started uh, five years ago. Um, Andrew was an assistant bank manager at a, a bank and aspiring to be the manager. Uh, but suddenly he started having uh, delusions and his health started to deteriorate. The doctor did put him uh, in the hospital on the island uh, and then he was on medication. But of course, many of these patients go off their medications and that's what happened. So mm -hmm. suddenly one day in, in October, uh, Andrew told us that he was going to move to Halifax. So he drove to Halifax and the next thing we found out he was in Moncton. And so we went over, we pleaded with Andrew to come home with us and he uh, refused. So there was nothing we could do. And in the meantime, he rented a car and he drove uh, to Halifax where he boarded a plane and flew into Toronto. And he's been okay. on the streets of Toronto for many months. Yeah, so he didn't walk all that way, but he, he has the faculties then to be able to function, like booking a flight. So he's able to do these kinds of things, um, yes. but he doesn't get in touch with you. No, he does not, because, again, his paranoia, uh, and he's seriously ill. Um, no, he refuses to uh, to contact us. Making this much, much harder. And so why would he come to Toronto? Why would this be uh, the destination that he, he would choose? Uh, well, after his marriage broke up, uh, his family moved to Barrie, Ontario. 
And so Andrew went to Barrie in January and then he went again in July. And so uh, that makes a very serious or potentially serious situation. We don't believe that Andrew is violent, but I guess um, from our ex-daughter-in-law, uh, her perspective is that the unknown is what she fears. Yeah, certainly in, in Toronto, and, and, and I don't think it matters of what city centre he goes to. I mean, we have a... We have a mental health crisis as well as an opiate crisis um, that, that uh, you know, are, are ravaging um, these people as well as, as their families. And so obviously you're desperate to get him into some kind of help. But, you know, as so many families deal with this, you realize there's not much you can do because, you know, we can't compel people and we can't force people into treatment when maybe we actually should because sometimes that's the only way they, they can get help. But what, what in your learning through uh, this whole thing, Marlene, has uh, stuck out to you the most, um, which if was changed would help families? Like what surprised you the most, uh, you know, once this started for your family? I think um, the lack of support that's given to families uh, that are trying their best to uh, to help um, We've met one roadblock after the next, and it just it just seems some days where you just feel like throwing your hands up and, and saying, you know, what's the use? The system is, is broken, uh, but you know, I'm never going to give up. I'm so thankful to the people on the, the uh, Facebook community pages for, um, you know, sending me the posts and sending me the photos so that at least I can track them and that you know, we can have mm -hmm. some peace of mind to sleep at night. Yeah, and and I think a lot of people, that's really ultimately, it's you just want to know that they're safe. Maybe you ultimately can't get them help, but you want to know they're safe and those unknowns then linger. And how have you, I mean, because you've been very determined. I think a lot of families go through this quietly and just hope, but you have been very determined to keep his story active and, and a voice out there. Um, you know, to see if people can uh, get back to you. And they are. People are engaging with you. Yes. Yes, they sure are by the thousands. I've got literally thousands of posts. Wow. And I've also set up a petition. And there's over 3,000 people that have signed uh, the petition. Please bring Andrew uh, Bryanton home to PEI. But you want changes, and, and I don't know how easy they are to, to get, but in, in working with your local MP, you want changes to the Mental Health Act so that people like your son can, in fact, I don't want to say the word forced, but be put into treatment, um, even if maybe they don't think that they need it at the time. That's true. Uh, I approached uh, MP Sean Casey in Charlottetown, and uh, he spoke to the minister uh, in Ottawa. And uh, the end result was that he came back and said they would like to uh, pursue a private member's bill. Uh, and it would be called an advanced medical uh, directive. And how that would work is that when a mentally person is, Ill, is, uh, is uh, recovered, uh, mm -hmm. then they would be able to uh, sign this form to say that should they become ill again, the police would be uh, given authority to come and pick them up and take them to the hospital uh, for assistance. And I see that as a very uh, protective way. Uh, like a proactive. The, it is uh, to protect the very vulnerable. That's true. 
would Andrew, in in his times where he is is active and, and healthy and functioning, would he sign off on something like this? Like, if you could get him to that point where he's in treatment, would he sign something like this? Because that, that is a big challenge, is getting people to proactively sign these things. I realize, I realize what you're saying, but I think, you know, um, just telling Andrew uh, and showing Andrew what we had to do in order to get him help, I feel that Andrew would sign the form so that we'd never have to go through this again. This has been mm -hmm. a parent's worst nightmare. Yeah. No matter how old they are, they're still your, your child. You know, they're still your baby. Yes. And so it, it yeah. absolutely. Yes. And I'm, I'm endeavoring to file a form too today, but I'm having great difficulty contacting a person uh, to talk to at the um, input office for at the Justice of the Peace. And I hope that someone might contact me uh, to enable me to do that um, just by sending it uh, through uh, email. I know that I can send the form to because I successfully did it before. Mm -hmm. And so you still have hope that Andrew's coming home, uh, that, that you still hope for, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I have every reason to believe that uh, with all the uh, publicity that's out there and the fact that, you know, um, Andrew is getting himself deeper and deeper into trouble every day. He almost got hit by two cars mm -hmm. in the last week. So that on a Form 2 is uh, a very positive reason as to why uh, Justice of the Peace would grant our application. What should people, is there any kind of identifying, uh, Mark, what, what should people be looking for? Because the fact is someone obviously reported uh, that he has been seen as early as 9 o'clock this morning at the uh, Rogers Weston area. But what uh, should people watch out for? Uh, I have posted on my uh, Facebook page that should you see Andrew in distress, to contact the police. Um, the, that's exactly what happened when Andrew was almost ran, run over in an alley. Uh, just mm -hmm. lately, and uh, someone did call the police, and uh, so thankfully that they did. Well, what would you say to Andrew if you could have a conversation with him? Well, I think the first thing is, Andrew, we love you, we miss you, and we want you to come home. Uh, a doctor here on the island has a bed for you uh, in the hospital, and I know that with uh, you know medication and some time, uh, that you'll be restored to help health. And in fact, the doctor told us that with medication, Andrew would be restored to 90% of his uh, original personality. Well, I, I hope that for you and I hope that for uh, many, many families who are going through this very same thing uh, and it, uh, it can hit anybody anytime. So we'll uh, continue to watch Marlene and certainly I hope for your family's sake that we can get Andrew the help that he needs and get him home to you. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. We'll talk again, Marlene. Thank you very much. So that is uh, the voice of uh, Marlene uh, Brighton, and it's B-R-Y-E-N-T-O-N, Brightonton. Um, and she's got this uh, petition, and if you can help out, I mean, people are obviously reporting in, but, you know, he, he's got the same story as just thousands of others who, who need help, can't get it don't know it's available and uh, would it help if they changed these acts I, I definitely think we need changes to it people say compelling someone to get uh, help is cruel but if they can't help themselves what role do we play 
in making sure that they can get help. But this one goes a step further by saying, well, you signed off on it. So let's see what happens. But uh, if you can help get this you know, this man home, uh, the family would certainly like to uh, certainly like to see him. And, and again, this is a story that we hear every single day. He's not alone, sadly.